Shut up and sit down. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. This is Kara. My topic, our topic tonight is um, we're going to do a trope drift, um, uh, canon divergence featuring um, uh, time travel. And Lady Holder will be my guest. She's currently eating, and she shall join me in a few minutes. Um, Actually, I'll say hi now. Hello. <laughs> She's having orange chicken. I'm trying not to be jealous about it. I'm still a little jealous about it. Anyways. It's delicious. <laughs> Rub it in. Rub it in. Okay. Um, what you know, honestly, time travel remains one of my favorite tropes. Um, and um it's why I picked it for uh my first quantum bang. Um it's why uh it, it was featured as a uh as a theme on a rough trade it uh often like some of my favorite stories are time travel uh lay down your sweet and weary head in the hobbit fandom is an epic time travel story that will break your heart and make you happy and make you cry and make you laugh um and uh harry potter and the manipulator of destiny has a little bit of time travel in it but it's a little weird time travel um my favorite time travel fic that I've written is actually called The Black Dragon and it's not available online yet. Um, you can you can read a preview a, a excerpt on um, um, EAD. So, but yeah. Um, <clears throat> thank you. It was just, it was like right there and it was just not coming out of my mouth. Uh, but uh, and it is a, a canon divergence. And of course, I also have Phoenix, which is available on the Wild Hair Project. And it's a canon divergence where a, a version of Harry Potter has sent um, his memories back in time to Harry Potter during um, his first, um, during fourth year, shortly uh, after his name comes out of the goblet, he's introduced to his future self, who's calling himself Phoenix. And he lives in... Um, well, he's he's contained in a bracelet, and um, he is. Uh, when Phoenix first comes back in time, he has some very specific goals, and he's he's a very vengeful man, and he's angry. He's got um, every right to be. Well, yeah, but what? But the point is of the Phoenix is that um, over the course of his. Uh, relationship with the younger version of himself um uh the younger ver um, version of harry starts to, to temper the grief that phoenix lives with um as they grow closer and closer well so while phoenix is offering harry um, maturity and experience um and and a lot of times a way of uh processing things that are happening to him 
um, Harry is also softening Phoenix and reminding him of uh, that magic is beautiful. So uh, there's like two, there are two themes running through Phoenix in that respect. Harry's also a lovely set of hands to be able to do things that that uh, Phoenix needs to have happen. Well, the fact is, is um, Phoenix, the longer he stays in contact with Harry, especially after the ward stone is introduced into the bracelet, um, the more physical power he has. Mm. He can now he can now move outside the bracelet without mm -hmm. a highly magical place. He can impact objects. So he's oh, that's um, right. You did have that. He he's he no longer has to depend on Harry for, for those kinds of things anymore. But uh, his loyalty to his to, to Hermione basically will, will keep him attached to the bracelet um, to make sure that nothing happens to her. Mm -hmm. So if anybody deserved to be kidnapped and kept in a trunk, it's Sirius Black. <laughs> <laughs> he totally did. I'm rereading it too. I, I I just got to that point. That idiot. It might happen again during rough trade. Um, because I am going to do a time travel. And what's really interesting is the, the idea I had for rough trade is that I um, often, I mean, always, always, all of my time travel fic is featured Harry Potter as the time traveler in some fashion or another. Well, this time it's going to be Ragnarok and his wife. Um, and uh, their position as the leaders of the Diverger Horde, which is the goblins that run the bank, um, they don't have a lot of power to influence the ministry um, and relations between the ministry and the bank are, and the diverger are quite strained. So because of the rebellions and because of the bigotry. Um, so Ragnarok having to navigate the magical world with information from the future uh, is, it, it has a lot of, there are, there, there, there's a lot of nuance that, that I'm having to work through in my plot. And um, his movement is different than Harry's. His experience is different. He's over 200 years old um, when he travels back in time. And he's... Um, he's also ruthless. And... <clears throat> so... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with the um, with the plot of that, and I'm um, trying to figure out how to, because um, you but they make it clear in canon that you don't often see goblins outside of the bank, mm -hmm. and so Ragnarok has a lot of freedom in his own realm and in the bank, but outside the bank, he's going to stand out because not only is he, you know, a diverger outside of the bank but he's also their king or their chieftain so um he has a lot of constraints on him by his own people because of his role oh god um he's as eating. their as their leader but also because he can't really be wandering about magical britain without people noticing him <laughs> that's gonna go over interestingly 
So, and he also has to be careful who he trusts his mission with. Now, often I send them back in time because magic is dying. This time I chose to do it because magic is not dying, but it's shifting and turning. And Lenore, his wife, has predicted that if they don't do something, if they don't go back and change how Tom Riddle influenced, how long he was able to influence magic, and when the turn happened, um, magic is going to go dark. That, that could have some very bad consequences. It would have immense consequences. Mm -hmm. um, out of control breeding with dragons and giants. Um, a surge in um, werewolves. Uh, All the dangerous creatures would get a complete leg up. Yeah. So she sees a terrible future. And um, <clears throat> he's not about it. He's, mm -hmm. um, he's not going to let wizards fuck um, um fuck up his shit so he's gonna go back in time and fix that so yeah hmm definitely dementors um but Ooh. i did my so banner for all the world and um on the banner is lenore and a raven and that raven is ragnarok huh in this universe, how are our Dementors um, produced? It is my headcanon that uh, that Dementors are the violated souls of magical people. That they breed by kissing. So when someone gets kissed, a, a Dementor is born. That they, that they birth a, a new Dementor from that kiss. Oh. As far as the original one was probably created through a curse. A soul violator of some kind. Oh, that's exponential growth. Yuck. That's, now, I don't um, know what J.K. Rowling's canon is for it. I've, I never bothered to look it mm -hmm. up, but, but that's my head canon for the Dementor. So the more victims they have... Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's um, that's horrifying. Right there. But I think it has to be magical victims. It has to be a magical soul. So not a squib, but or would they even they produce them? I would probably. I don't even think that they would bother even try to kiss a a, a squib or a muggle unless they were instructed to. I don't think it would be reproductive. Fair. Ew. But in I have a work in progress where Hermione is hit with a curse um, that was created by a woman to punish her husband's mistress and it basically is a soul violator and it's the birth of a Dementor. Yeah, it was how Dementors got their start. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I thought the uh, solution was quite elegant. Well, like I said, if they're, I mean, if, if it's my head, Caden, if they're kissing um, muggles or squibs, it's because they've been instructed to. 
I don't think it's reproductive. So I think it requires a magical soul. So um, basically, it's the Dementor version of having Cheetos. Or hunting for yeah. sport. Lovely. <laughs> Sorry, Shadow. <laughs> you can't just have one. Or is that a ruffle? That um, I think that's ruffles. Hmm. Or maybe Lay's. Potato chips. Lay's. It's accurate. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I don't eat a whole giant bag of Lay's. Is I don't buy a whole giant bag of Lay's. I have to buy the little individual ones. So, you know, time travel as a fix-it trope and as a canon divergent device is, like, I think probably, honestly, it's the most popular in fandom across the board, but especially in Harry Potter, mm-hmm. in um, The Hobbit, um, because... <sighs> it's so frustrating. Mm-hmm. It's so frustrating. Canon is so frustrating. Oh my god, yes. I do think that time travel is probably the most popular trope with readers. Despite what the polls say. Oh no, not with canon divergence itself, but just in general, the actual trope of time travel. I think when it comes to canon divergent, um, yeah, I know, but I just don't trust those polls. They don't, they don't bear out my experience with, with fandom. Also, frankly, I think they're, they're made up by people who aren't in fandom, so they don't get what some of the tropes are. I think a lot of times that those polls are, um, especially like one of the, the one on TV tropes, it isn't, it, it isn't hitting an actual fandom audience. I think it's like a, a brush up against a fandom audience, but it isn't hitting the true, you know, um, the true a fandom. Mm-hmm. Now, reading versus written, I would say probably time travel isn't the most popular written trope, but I think when it comes to readers, I just don't buy it. Hmm. I don't think the sample was big enough. I don't think it's accurate. Um, Friends to Lovers is actually like my second or third favorite trope. Okay. Um, I hate the misunderstanding. I loathe the misunderstanding. It seems like a really great way to have drama for no damn reason. Misunderstandings, especially like that whole trove in Star Trek about how um, Spock doesn't notice that his bondmate didn't actually cheat on him, that he was assaulted. Yeah. Yeah. Come on now. Come on. 
seriously, you've got to touch a telepath. You don't think he's going to notice all of the the with a psycho? They had, but he had a. If, if he has a bond with Kirk, he wouldn't need touch to feel his trauma. True. Jilly, just because it doesn't uh, fit doesn't mean people don't try and shoehorn it in. Well, yeah, I mean, but I'll, you know, honestly, we talked about it before in a previous podcast. Um, and um, time travel is very popular, like in Harry Potter and in The Hobbit, but not so much in Stargate where it's canon. True. And I'm like... Y'all, it's canon. Well... Why isn't there more? But you know what's also interesting about the time travel in um, Stargate is they work so hard not to make any changes. They hit a, uh, and stayed as far under the radar as they possibly could and didn't make any damn waves. Yeah. So. <clears throat> you know what? The MCU needs to sit down shut up over the wank when it comes to time travel because the canon time travel for the MCU is 1000% bullshit. <laughs> so they need to sit down and shut their whore mouths. <laughs> the thing is, is the, the time travel in the MCU they looked at it, it looks like they went, oh, this is nifty, cool, wonderful, and then never looked under the covers for the consequences. No. I think they structured their time travel theory just so Steve Rogers could go back in time and get his goddamn dance that too. with Peggy Carter. Never going to say it. I'm never going to disagree on that one, but, you know, that they didn't, that they, they, they structured it in such a way that he had an excuse for not doing anything in the past mm. when he was there. So he could live his pleasant little life with his wife, who was, who was working with Nazis. That was the whole point for their stupid time travel theory. But they still didn't look under the covers to see all the consequences. Because they said that there wouldn't be any consequences. But oh. there couldn't be, because you can't change your past. So much bullshit. That was their whole theory. That they couldn't, they, they couldn't change their past. So they built in an excuse for Steve Rogers not to do anything as he lingered in the background of the entire MCU. Yeah. Well, honestly, Peggy Carter deserved better than Steve Rogers that came from her timeline, too. Mm -hmm. Because he was a fraud. A short-tempered Stubborn, disrespectful fraud. So, okay. I, I'm still a little bitter, obviously. Is this little measured in megatons, or are we starting to go for a bigger uh, number here? I'm just saying. I'm a little bitter. Just a wee. Hey, we're going for the fuck tons. Okay. There is not enough salt in the universe to to 
That's not a, that's not a Harry Potter story. Um, Lay down your sweet and weary head is a Hobbit story, Edie. Okay. Um, it's about uh, Thorn Oakenshield who dies at Raven Hill and wakes up. Oh, this in one, yeah. The younger version of his body on the day that Smaug invades Erebor, and he takes a shot, and he fells a dragon, and instead of becoming Orinth, Thorn Oakenshield, he becomes Thorn Dragonslayer. It is absolutely one of the most beautiful fix. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It'll make you cry. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you sad. It'll make you happy. Yep. There it is. <sighs> Welcome. And it's finished. Oh, yeah. And it it's is 125,319 words. 32 chapters. And Thorne is majestic as fuck through the whole thing. Except for that part where he first wakes up screaming like a girl. You know, he screams fantastically. <laughs> no, I honestly, those polls don't... I mean, if they only polled contemporary fandoms, maybe. I, I just, I don't, I don't think their sample was big enough. I think maybe they also probably should have separated it by fandom, or at least like by fandom group, like fantasy versus science fiction versus contemporary. Um, Star Trek. I'd like, I'd like to see an expanded poll because I just don't, and the the results don't match my experience, especially when it comes to Harry Potter and um, The Hobbit. <laughs> Well, time travel is definitely not um, canon in The Hobbit, but magic, and why not? But, but what I would also say is that I would not say that friends to lovers is the number one trope in Harry Potter. Enemies to lovers might be. That would actually, yeah, I would, I would buy that when it comes to the Harry Draco pairing. Um, yes, or even God help me, Snary. Um, or... Voldemort, Tom Riddle, and Harry. Seriously, I like my food. Stop trying to keep. I'm just saying that that's actually more popular than <laughs> Friends to Lovers in Harry Potter, Weird. and it's not popular in The Hobbit either. Friends to Lovers. I'm. I'm now. I don't think anybody could really say that Bilbo Baggins and Thorin Oakenshield were friends. Not until right before the very end. Well, you know, okay, so would you consider Friends to Lovers the most popular fan um, random trope at NCIS? Would you consider Gibbs and Dinozo friends? Because that's the main pairing, right? That's the big pairing. Um, I think it's actually probably true in Stargate Atlantis. Yes, that one makes sense. It also makes sense over in SG-1. Um, it probably makes sense in Hawaii Five-O. Agreed. I don't think I don't think it makes sense in Teen Wolf. No, I it it takes some serious doing to call Styles and and Derek friends at least to start. I think it might work in Lord of the Rings for Gimli and Legolas. True. And I like the trope. I'm just saying I just don't honestly believe the tr that that poll had a big enough scope. I never actually 
watched Mag 7, Magnificent 7, so I haven't read in the fandom too much. Just that one story that Ellie wrote for mm -hmm. um, The Thing, Feeding Frenzy. The thing Michael about Magnificent Beaton. 7 is there's basically two fandoms. Actually, maybe I should say three about right now. Well, there's the Old West one, the ATF one, and... The current, uh, the, the recent movie version of the Old West one. Oh. Yeah, because there's... No, that wasn't, sorry, wrong. Am I right? There's the Yul Brenner one, if I remember right. Then there's, of oh, maybe four. I don't know. Old West and then the, the ATF one. Well, the, the movie had Michael B. in it, right? I thought that was a show. Was that the show? Okay, it was the show. Well, the show is worth watching because Michael Bean is in it. Yes. I've never watched it, but that, that's my assumption because Michael Bean was in it. Hey, Michael Bean for the win. I never oh, watched the movie. Queenie, I hate to tell you this, honey, but there actually isn't a movie or a show with the ATF Magnificent Seven. That is strictly um, fandom because fandom decided. And apparently it's actually more popular. Yes. Right? Oh, much more popular. <laughs> I'm sorry, Queenie. Oh, honey, I'm so sorry. Oops. The things you learned after the fact. Yeah. That is information I could have had yesterday. <laughs> Sorry. The the only the only quote that Adam Sandler ever had that ever had that actually appeals to me that I, that I need to repeat. Mm. That and the one about her getting out of his Van Halen um um Van Halen t shirt before uh, before she curses the van and they break up. Jesus. No. Was that Van Halen? I don't know. I didn't it, Given a choice, I haven't seen that movie in a very, very long time. Given yeah. a choice between going to the dentist and watching anything with Adam Sandler in it, I'll go to the dentist and say, "Hold the Novocaine." Granted. Now, even if I allow that, time travel isn't the most popular time trope in in, in most fandoms, and it isn't right, but it is mm -hmm. very popular in the fandoms that I'm in, except for Stargate. I just still don't believe that Friends and Lovers is the most popular one. I don't. I just don't. Okay. Honestly, in a lot of fandoms, it's like the, the misunderstanding is the most written trope. Mm. Makes me want to stab people. I'm not, I'm being serious. And, I, and maybe that's the difference between what is most written and what is most popular. Like what you see more of versus what readers would prefer to get. But I, but I hate, I, I loathe the misunderstanding. The only thing worse in, in mass market um, than um, fiction than the misunderstanding is the, um, we're going to have sex for your own good and, and you'll like it later thing that happened in the 80s. Oh man, there's so many romance novels that have that. Uh, Manx. That Sahara. whole centaur thing that, that happened in NCIS. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was um, Max or whatever. Uh, MACX was the one who did the uh, centaur thing. I, 
I just decided to wake up one day. Obviously, we know who did it. How'd you get there? How you? You know what? I'm gonna make Gibbs a centaur. Weirder things have happened. I mean, hello. I've I've read him as a vampire. I've read him as a werewolf. I've read him as a vampire. I've read him as a uh, as a couple different versions of werewolf. That whole sex in the cemetery thing was a little creepy. Yeah. Um, a pigeon. Hasn't Sean Bean suffered enough? Isn't he the one that played Ned Stark? I don't know. I didn't watch Game of Thrones. Um, Ian Cuthrie did a really nice, I believe that's who it is, um, did a really nice uh, werewolf gibbs that I liked. So, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, Ned... Okay. The guy who plays Boromir and Ned Stark and Chirp, you know, or whatever the hell he is, all those various characters, including 006, the man has died more times on screen than he's lived. Can he just get to the end of the goddamn movie alive? I don't think, I think he's actually kind of leaned into it. And enjoyed it. It'd be like, okay, um, so how am I going to die in this? Well, what do you mean I'm going to live? Really? That's not what my fans expect. <laughs> my fans have expectations. I need to die in an epic fashion. <laughs> yeah, 006, he had a, a um, uh, radio telescope, if I remember right, fall on him. It was it was definitely epic. Oh, you mean that one where he was the serial killer guy in the in the in the in the Are you talking to me or are you talking to somebody else? Because someone said where he survived one and it was bad. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, he was like an evil serial killer that they picked up on the side of the road. Fabulous. It's like a remake of the hitchhiker. Yum. No. Part B, for fuck's sake. Jupiter Ascending. He was in that one? Obviously, I have not watched this this one. Okay. I, I did watch Jupiter Ascending. And? I was, I was kind of distracted. Do I want to know what distracted you? Well, it had Tatum Channing in it. How much, how much was he wearing it by way of clothes? Not much. And it also had <laughs> Mila Kunis in it. And she's hot as fuck, too. So there's just a lot of distraction in Jupiter Ascending. Skin. It's, it's difficult to get past. My my favorite part is when he tells her he's like half dog or something. She's just, I, I love dogs. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't smell like one when it gets wet. Okay. <sighs> I love dogs. Seriously. Okay, I may actually have to go see this. It's got great, yeah. It, it's got great world building. Um, too bad the plot sucks. Wasn't it kind of built by the same people who did Fifth Element? <laughs> oh, the bad guy is lame. The plot is stupid. 
guys, everybody's taste is different. Some people like to take their brain out and put I don't it in its care own who it was. They really have actually the Wachowski siblings haven't really put put out much out there that is really worth watching since the Matrix. Ah, speaking of, there's going to be a number four. How? Fuck if I know, but apparently they're all coming back, including Neo. Yes, guys. I don't well, know. I know Neo. I I know that Kenny Reeves and Carrie and Moss have both signed up for it. Yeah. Um, but uh, Jupiter Ascending. The world building is beautiful. The cinematography is beautiful. The special effects are awesome. The plot is shit. Yeah, that's depressing. I figured out that most of the plot twenty five minutes into it. Yeah, lovely. It's derivative, and um, not very inspiring and utterly unremarkable. Well, that's just depressing. <laughs> yeah. While it may... There's sometimes that I'll watch a movie and I may not get much out of the plot, but sometimes it's all the other stuff around it that it makes it worthwhile. So... I'll have to think about it because Jupiter Ascending looked beautiful. What's the other? It one? is beautiful. Um, it got a twenty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Huh. By critics, thirty-eight percent by the audience. Um, Interesting. It's like I said, it's the cinematography is gorgeous and you know, they're gorgeous and but the rest of it it's not awesome. There was another one that came out somewhere in that same time period. And it was just as weird and just as wonderful as um As Fifth Element, and I cannot remember the name of it. Fifth Element was awesome. I, I loved Fifth that Element. That would be the one crazy Valerian and the Thousand Planets. What I would say is my husband actually really enjoyed Jupiter Ascending. He didn't have a single problem with it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if I go ask himself, he'll, he, he liked it as well. Valerian looked beautiful. Valerian looked intricate and wonderful and all sorts of fun it didn't hook me but, enough that know, i actually wanted to go also, watch it my husband also really enjoyed the live action fern gully so you know not so sure we could take him seriously you do know also that there's a prequel for the dark crystal right that's that's going to be on netflix yes yeah that one was creepy enough that i yeah, honey, it's yeah. called um, um the live action Fern Gully is called Avatar. Can't miss it. I like that one too. <laughs> that was fun. I'm not saying that Avatar was bad. I'm just saying it was a live action Fern Gully. And I don't know how anybody missed it. I never read Fern Gully. Oh, Fern Gully is a cartoon. I mean it's a it was is it's, it's it's impossible to miss the fact that Avatar is 
a live action Fern Gully. I mean, in Fern Gully, this logger mm-hmm. gets turned into a fairy and ends up in um Yeah, because only a white dude can save all, can save us all. Um Lord. Ferngully, I don't honestly remember. And anyway, he falls in love with a, with a girl fairy mm-hmm. and ends up working against the company that he worked for um, to uh, um, to save the gully from logging. Sound familiar? Yeah, actually, it does. Yeah. Hmm. Don't mind the cats. But I actually really enjoyed Avatar. It was beautifully filmed. Lord, um, yes. The special effects were outstanding. Um, I enjoyed the romance. I'm just saying, you know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. They're making like five sequels to Avatar. <laughs> yeah, there was a great deal. Of- I don't know if it's actually five, but it's a fuck ton number. It's like a ridiculous number of sequels. I don't dislike Jupiter Ascending, but the plot sucked. So editing wasn't great either. I mean, but anyways, Fern Gully, the last rainforest, Badicota is indeed son of a bitch is indeed um, Robin Williams. And my husband's an asshole. I wasn't going to say anything. Okay, so his best friend, after 20 years of nagging, finally got him to buy, I think it's a PlayStation. 20 fucking years, I managed to not have one of those things in my house. He's had it for three months. I think he's he's made best friends with it and calls the damn thing George. Oh, well, you know, men. Men. Yeah, pretty much. It would have been really awesome if they'd actually made a picture, if they'd done a poster of Avatar. It was like a remake of this poster from Fern Gully. I mean, just, you know, just lean into it. You sure they didn't? I haven't checked. <laughs> no, I think the Avatar <laughs> is just a, it's just a blue face. <laughs> uh, as a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure I think I've, I've seen something similar from Avatar. <laughs> crazy he loves that thing so much it's ridiculous there there was this empty promise that he made me that he wouldn't play that damn thing on a school night school night by be by the way meaning sunday through thursday it lasted a week um he's playing borderlands or some bullshit game first person shooter where he gets to pretend to be all that shit my whole reaction to it is to cheer when the computer kills. All the various uh, animation and everything is lovely. And don't get me wrong, it's some of it's pretty cool. But... Uh, yeah. That's great. That's great. That's fabulous. Oh, Lord. You know. So let's get back to our trope. Okay. 
Oh, I clicked on the wrong damn server. Okay. <laughs> well, you get busy and you get commentary and you look at stuff and <sighs> people. I think I encounter time travel um, more in Harry Potter than I do um, The Hobbit. Although it's it's a very tr popular trope to fix The Hobbit. Um, or, to then just, or just to do a canon divergence um, at the beginning of the quest as well. Um, but we discussed before in the previous podcast that I listened to before the show started. Was that... Um, uh, that when... And I'm guilty of this still. Why, why, Hobbit writers, do we start over at the very beginning when we time travel? And why do they still get captured by the trolls? <laughs> well, the, if nothing else, the trolls mean weapons. Well, see, you know, that's not accurate. The the trolls cave means weapons. Well, yeah, but, but why do they still get captured by the trolls? They don't, you know, Bilbo. At the very least, one of them knows the trolls there, right? Mm-hmm. So how how do they end up still getting captured by the fucking trolls? And it happens. And it didn't happen in my story because the trolls were killed before they even got there um, by Elrond's sons. True. In Unspiritborn, but you know, often when you get these things. These, these time travel fix, they still end up, you know, one of them almost ends up in the pot. You know? <laughs> so it's like... It's a bit of levity. But, um... I guess it's, a, it's you know, you'd rather your, your, your person get dropped in at the beginning so that way they have a... a, a relatively decent start point and you can make sure that Bilbo has his, his handkerchiefs, um, then, you know, it would kind of suck getting dropped right in the, um, into place, say, as you're sliding down the slide into the goblin town. Again, uh, you know, the thing is, is if you're going to start them over at the very beginning, then why do all these events happen the same way they put in, like, you know, the, the, the ripple effect makes that actually kind of unrealistic. Because um, just having knowledge of, of, of an event would change the event. Um, but even I asked myself, why didn't I make them land, you know, I don't know, like right outside the secret door. But there's a lot of there's a lot of fuss and misunderstanding and bullshit that happens. Yeah, but there's also a lot of friendship building that happens. Point. And, and butt saving. Lots of that, true. And, you know, they... By the time they get to Erebor in, in canon, they've really kind of come together as a group, as a company. Um, and having to rebuild all that, it just seems... I don't know. And also the risk, right? I mean, you have a greater risk of somebody dying. Um, True. Somebody else getting really injured or physically like physically maimed. Uh, there's a lot of dangerous events that take place. And also the ring. Because anytime you push Bilbo back in time past the point where he came into possession of the ring, you, you put the ring's fate in, in, in question 
how to make sure that Bilbo gets right there at the right moment to pick that ring up. If he's a day late or a day early, is the ring going to be there? Is Gollum going to be there? All very good points. So, you know, and yet, even I started my damn trap top. In fact, Spiritborn, I started five years. Mm-hmm. Before the fucking quest. Mm-hmm. Just, you know. Just, just dumbness. <laughs> I still maintain my favorite part of that of that whole story is the ant wife. She's just you gave she's great. <laughs> you gave the walking tree. <laughs> A weapon. A weapon. <laughs> Pretty sure she is a weapon. Yeah. A lady deserves to be armed. <laughs> and then some. I'm not sorry, Margaret. You'll get there eventually. I like Dirk's comment. What? So, it's three. Yeah, and it just got a, a like four or five. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if the tree wants a weapon, she gets a weapon. Yeah. It doesn't matter if she has PMS or not. If something that big wants a we- ask you for a weapon, you you, you ask her. her what kind of weapon she would like. <laughs> yes, ma'am. What would you like? Would you like a sword or a spear? Would you like a bow and arrow? Can you make your own arrows? Do you want a big old hammer? Do you want bomber spoon? <laughs> That's his ladle. Um, it a uh, spiritborn is on EAD, I believe, and um, I don't know if the part with the ant wife is up yet on that. I don't, I don't, don't remember how far I. Um, but when they're in the forest after the troll thing, um, uh, when the orcs come, Bella's magic has has woke up an ant wife, and they don't know it until the orcs arrive, and um. She uh, she asked to travel with Bella because Bella is a living embodiment of Yavanna. And Bella's all in. And Zora's like, look, you can keep your tree, but you got to go. We have to go. Get on the horse. Yep. <laughs> and paste. That's uh, chapter one, prologue and chapter one of uh, Spiritborn. So, but yeah, I have a whole bunch of, um, I actually have two, I have one called Trinity and one called Spiritborn of, um, time travel fix for, uh, the Hobbit. Um, I have a fuck ton of Hobbit, but I mean, time travel fix for Harry Potter, because that's just the easiest way to fix Harry Potter's life is to stick him back in time and let him, let him fix his own shit and buy some shoes and some pants. Uh, definitely on the pants paste. That's a total fix-it right there. Homicidal fix-it, but still a fix-it. Your mileage may vary. 
<laughs> Depending on how you feel. <laughs> well, you know, they were fixed in the most permanent <laughs> method possible. The shopping trip is a tri- um, is a trope on its own in the, in the Harry Potter fandom, and I think, and honestly, we talked about it before, but I think it boils down to the fact is that we all want Harry Potter to have all the things because he has nothing. The best series, uh, uh, Sam Nick, the best serious grows up and goes back in time to fix stuff. That's Jilly's. Yeah, I agree. Slytherin Black. Yes. It's banging. It totally I look, is. I look forward to the final product. Do not harass her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I am honestly most bothered by the underwear and the shoes. <laughs> Thank you for that. Bringing that to my because attention. I don't think Harry Potter should have to wear Dudley's sweaty shoes. <laughs> oh. Or his pants. <laughs> Honey. I just like that. Everything else is like is 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 not great, okay? But yeah, sneakers, tra- you know, sneakers, trainers, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. they get nasty. They get they get all sweaty and stuff. And I wouldn't want to wear anybody else's. Uh, yeah, that's just gross. You've got another, you've got one Harry Potter. Um, I don't remember if it's an EAD or not. Where, because it's, it was brought to mind with the, the courtroom thing. And in Fanon, Harry, Harry's glasses come from a charity bin. But in Britain, um, Harry would have been able to go to the eye doctor or to the regular doctor. As, as part of their healthcare system. So I don't. Yeah. NHS. I don't think that they would have. Um, I mean. I don't know. I mean. I, I mean. I've seen it in several stories. Where it's like. The glasses came from a charity bin. But I don't know if that's canon. I've seen it in Fanon. So I don't know if it's canon. But the other side of it is, is that in America, and I don't know if this is true in the UK, but in America, children get eye exams in school. The health department will go through, um, check vision, check ears, uh, check heads for lice. And if your child has an issue, there are problems. Well, they did it in the 80s for me because I was in school in the 80s. They checked for scoliosis. Yeah, I mean, oh, I, yeah, got, I, I used to get a checkup stick. every year. Yeah, same time. Um, and I started, uh, I started, um, I was in preschool in 80 and kindergarten in 81. Uh, what, when did I? No, I was in kindergarten 80. And if you demonstrated any kind of eye problem in class, not being able to read the board or whatever, you got a note sent home to your, um, to your parent. And you, if you didn't come back with glasses within a week, there were issues. Yeah, Rogue, I'll be... Um, how old are we? 
uh, you're 44. I'm 45, technically. So I'll be 45 um, in October. But uh, yeah, I remember being tested for scoliosis. I remember the Lions Club coming in and testing. Um, we had to do the vision chart, and uh, they would check our ears, and um, they would uh, verify our vaccination records with the health department. Health department would come in and do a check for lice. And I, would, I was always really irritating because my mom would put my hair in braids, and then they would take them down and not put them back up. And I had a lot of hair. It would be, I'd be really upset. But I still don't know if that Harry Potter thing with the glasses was um, fanning or not. So, um, but also, interestingly enough, you never see him in canon in the magical world getting any kind of eye exam or new True. glasses or anything. It was a complete. Um... Looks like it was a complete, you know, miss that 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 uh, she didn't think about it. Well, sometimes changes in vision can be so gradual, um, and you compensate that it doesn't really show up in testing. Hmm. There's actually a fic, um, crazy where. Um, Petunia did take him to get glasses because a teacher sent home a note um, and then never went back. Uh, and she was talking to a neighbor and it was the same fic where the neighbors have decided that Harry Potter is being mistreated, but mm -hmm. they can't get anybody to do anything about it because every time they call the people, whoever they are, the child services in Britain, it just disappears. Right. Dumbledore. Um, so what they do is they start talking about Petunia. And saying how they're freaks and how he's not being treated well. And they start like gossiping about her and Vernon. And it's like the worst thing that could possibly happen to Petunia Dursley. That she's not considered normal by her neighbors. And so she starts dressing Harry really well. And then when one of the neighbors asked him you know, if, if he had gotten, if she asked Petunia when's the last time she'd taken Harry for a checkup for his glasses. Um, she was like, well, he got his glasses. And, she's, and the neighbor says, you have to take him every year. And she didn't know. And Vernon did know. And he had thrown away the information. Yeah, Vernon's a dick. And then there was, there's also a really interesting part where um, Vernon and Petunia were like making plates for the kids to eat and he was not putting enough on Harry's plate to eat and he told Petunia um, when, she caught, when she pointed it out and took the plate away from him and fixed it um, that, he, that he didn't think he could be trusted to treat Harry fairly. So he should just not interact with him as much as hmm. he was. Um, it was a very interesting fic. And I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of it. It wasn't time travel or anything. It was just the neighbors deciding that um, that they were going to fix the Harry Potter situation one way or another. <laughs> you know, yeah. if, if the authorities were just going to keep disappearing on it. Hmm. I read it on fanfiction.net. That's where I read most of my Harry Potter fic. <laughs> wow. 
it was Jen and um, Harry was young as is pre Hogwarts. Um, and also, there's at one point where she realizes that Harry is purposefully doing worse in school to not get in trouble. Hmm. It is not canon that the Dursleys received any kind of money for Harry Potter. <clears throat> I actually loved my glasses when I got them because I was having such a problem seeing that um, it was really frustrating for me in school. Um, and so getting my glasses was like, yes. Now I can see everything. I'm so grateful. <laughs> I got because my vision went from great to terrible over a summer, oh, and people really didn't notice until I got into school. And I couldn't see the board. Um, and then mom took me courses of the eye doctor and got me glasses. But I had to spend like two weeks waiting for the glasses to come back because of you know, you just didn't get glasses over, mm -hmm. over you know during the day um, back then. Um, Although recently I had to order glasses and it took seven days to get them. I mean, yeah. so it's not much better now than it was then. But I had to wait two whole weeks for my glasses. And I was sitting up front and I still couldn't see. <laughs> I got my first set of glasses at 12. I was 11 or 12. And I'm nearsighted. And when I got them originally, it was a... I can, I can do okay without them, you know, and... You know, I, I, I wore them, but both my parents wore glasses. So, you know, I knew this was, this was coming no matter what I, I wanted to do. At this point, I'm wearing feather lights, which are the, you know, the, the, the thin light version of whatever your glasses are. If I didn't have those, I'd probably have Coke bottle glasses. You know, the ones, the ones that Trollani had, you know, where, you know, her eyes are, you know, the size of saucers behind it. I have, um, I have, I have a poly something lens. Poly it's really light. Polycarbonate. Pro yep. 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 Polycarbonate. Mm -hmm. um, and um, yeah, yeah, I've got the polycarbonate as well. But the guys, what I also have is, is bifocals on these things. I don't have, I need to go back to my bifocals because um, I'm I'm having to, when I look at small stuff, I have to take my glasses off to read it. Uh-huh. Or I read under them or over them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good times. I believe Sam Nick might have found it. Let me click on it. Let's see. At the thickest part, my glasses are half a centimeter thick. Yeah, I think this is it. Yeah. Um, it's called, um, it's on fanfiction.net. It's called Two Sides of the Same Coin by Ten Toes. It is 110,000 words, but it is not marked complete. So read at your own risk. Ouch. Harry Potter's that one fandom where I will often, um, Read works in progress when I wouldn't in other fandoms. And I don't know why. I don't know what my prescription is. I think I'm a negative, I'm like a negative seven in one and a negative eight in, in the other. 
I started paying attention. Let's put it this way. Um, my arms are have been too long for the last 10 years. <laughs> You're like, damn it. Yeah. So <laughs> for, for some people, it's their, their arms aren't long enough. Mine have been too long for the last 10 years. Yeah, I I can read without um, my glasses on, um, but I've increased the font size. I can only read without my glasses if um, the device I'm reading in, is less than ten inches from my face. Yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you pay for that shit. So I don't know about Harry Potter's glasses, but one of the things I like to do is to fix the whole glasses situation. Yes, but you assault that poor boy and, and you know, fuse the glass or the, the context to his eyeballs. And there's that. Just that one time. But it, but it was hilarious. <laughs> I would sit through that, too, to get that fixed. I don't know anybody who wears glasses long term who wouldn't. I actually have a permanent dent in my nose from my nose pieces. Yeah, so same here. You could give me permanent contact lenses that I never had to clean that would be on my eyeball for the rest of my life that would that would adjust my prescription and say, okay, it's going to burn for like 30 seconds. Best 30 seconds of my life. Go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I will totally take that. Oh, Shadow. Thank you. Gross. I mean, how long would you have to wear contact lenses for them to fuse to your eyeballs like that? Because Lens. honestly, even wearing, like I used to wear seven oh. day contacts. Um, oh, no. It would be like having a piece of sandpaper in your eyeball if you didn't clean them. Ew, no. You know, there's two things I'm, I'm routinely paranoid about. I like my hands to not hurt, which given that I'm I've got carpal tunnel and I'm working on arthritis in them. That's kind of a, uh, you know, non-starter nowadays. And my eyes don't put anything in my eyes or near my eyes. And I'm the, I'm the original kid that when I used to have to get the dilating drops, my mom had to sit on me and hold my arms down. So I didn't try and kill the uh, person putting the drops in my eyes. Cause I would go after them. Oh, I have um extreme dry eye, so I can't wear contacts anymore. They just it's just it's agonizing. I just don't even want to do it. But um, yeah, I do like to get rid of the glasses in Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I just it's just a thing I do. Although in Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond, he has an eye correcting spell uh -huh. that has to be periodically renewed. So I thought it would be interesting um to just go a different route with it. Vision correction. Yeah. So just to do something different. Um and one of the things about time travel is that you can do something different. There's a lot of things you can do different. Um, you know, but I, just little things that, you know, that ripple. Yeah. Well, talk about, you know, um, ripple and... Well, I have a question about this whole regrowing the bones thing. Like a regrow bone 
can they not regrow grow muscle and tendons and um, skin? You would think. Because why not, right? Yeah. And if they can regrow all that stuff, they probably can if they can regrow a fucking bone, right? Because a mm -hmm. bone is much more complicated, um, I think. Um, why the hell does Moody have a peg leg? Because J.K. Rowling didn't think about all the ripples of her decisions. And because Moody can hide an extra wand in the peg leg? I don't know. The implicit answer is that he, that he wanted it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Voldemort makes it obvious that it is actually pretty easy to replace a limb. Mm-hmm. With something very functional. Um and we know that Pettigrew used a cursed blade of some kind to cut his arm off, um, his hand off, because Harry's scar that he that is a reminder of that is, is a cursed scar. And it went through pretty So it can't easy. just be a curse wound that kept Moody from getting a new leg. Yes. I don't think the leg was a fleshlight as... You don't know that for certain. This is true. I don't. <laughs> Jilly. <laughs> While we're here. <laughs> You're, yeah. I mean, I, I would hope they would clean it first before they inserted it anywhere because the parts that's on the ground. Condoms. They wrap. <laughs> Oh my god. I'm just saying a cleaning charm wouldn't be out of place. <laughs> oh god. Sure you can, Margaret. Just take a deep breath and think of England. <laughs> Close your eyes. <laughs> it's a boomstick. Oh god. Oh god. You know, um, actually, I we have a I have a, I have a plot draft in my archive list of a potential podcast where um, uh, Moody, who um, honestly is like supposed to be like this great retired R R or um, how did his ass not save himself? He was laboring under a curse or two or three. He's trapped in his own damn trunk. Are you telling me that paranoid bastard didn't have some kind of secret compartment in that trunk with an extra wand in it and a failsafe? Well, that would be your um, Moody. That would be my Moody. That would certainly be Jilly's Moody if she ever wrote him. Um, but honestly, Rowling didn't think of the ripples. Okay, she got a good, she got some of them, but she didn't think of, of all the, the more interesting ripples or, or, you know, look, I pants a good chunk of what I do. Okay. I open up a, a word processing. A good chunk, she says. Good chunk in the high nineties. Hush. Um, <laughs> 
I'm not doubting your process. I just need you to be honest with yourself about your process. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when it comes to my stuff, you know, I, I, I do think about the ripples as I'm doing a story. Okay. Um, Eating. <laughs> I'm hitting the truck. <laughs> oh, God. You know, I'm wondering. I mean, if it was his favorite sex toy, I could understand his depression. Because when my favorite sex toy died, I I was just, I was really upset. You were really upset. I heard about that. It was terrible. It was a horrible thing. We'll get emotional about it. Yeah. <laughs> if my Lilo died, I would cry. My Lilo was my favorite now. It's Ladies. even purple. You know, you can go to the damn sex store and buy a new one. It comes in different colors. That is, look, dude, that isn't the point. My relationship with my Lilo is very personal. <laughs> you know. She can't I, be replaced. Uh, so, what was it? Yeah, it is, it is fucking expensive. <laughs> yes, this is true. Um, I was I was reading the one I think you... you recommended yesterday where where harry is a stonemason and um what i think it was you so it was last night i had for some reason i ended up opening this thing and i'm reading it harry's a stonemason he carves stones did i miss something oh well never mind I I have no idea what you're talking about. Skip it. Did that happen on the podcast? I'll listen to the other podcast later because I haven't done it yet. But I, I thought remember. that podcast was about Rodney McKay. Oh, uh, well, okay. Night before? Dude, I don't know. I got so much shit open. A Freemason. I honestly um, have no idea what you guys are talking about. Okay, well, maybe I maybe I pulled it off of, of, a, or off of um, Facebook from somebody. Whatever. Okay, never mind. It did not come up in the podcast, but it isn't sitting, hopefully, in... That's in the every fandom reverse Ah, thing. never mind. My bad. Okay. I was like, I don't, don't even know hey, what you're talking look, about. look, I've been... I have probably a good 40 tabs open at the moment. Okay. Whatever. I mean, you know, but you and Jilly have that in common. I only have five open right now, so I get it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't actually get it. No, but thanks. The narrator said, yeah, so... Yeah. I know it. I'm a slacker. Anyhow. Well, that's only on the computer. I haven't even gotten on the stuff that's on the phone. Or on I have the, no tabs on tablet. open on my phone. You people are weird. Yeah, pretty much. Anyhow, what I was going to say is... Good night, Jeep. This, this particular story has um, uh, Harry being a... Basically, he, he's a stonemason. He crafts um, and uses stone for his craft. What would happen if you had one that made sex toys? Nice, discreet shop. Oh, you know, I don't think it would actually be discreet considering, you know, he's the boy who lived and the man who won um, or the man who conquered, whatever. Uh -huh. I mean, you know, but, it, but, it, but if you're carrying around the name, the man who conquered, and you want to open a sex toy store, who's going to disagree with you? <laughs> Nobody. You yep. just put a little note up about, okay, well, we can't bring kids in here. But we'll be back after school shopping. <laughs> yes. Just imagine the sex dolls in the magical world. Oh, 
<sighs> Imagine the 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 um <laughs> the dildos, you know, or plugs or all the various things. I'm gonna leave the real dolls alone. All right. It's been almost 12 years and I think I'm still horrified by the goddamn things. I'm not horrified. I am. Some people I just them. don't want other people around. I get it. I don't like people either. <laughs> I, you know what? Bad dragon, bad dragon is actually probably a magical company that has mm-hmm. a, that has a muggle arm. Oh. Margaret, go get in the corner. God, Margaret. That's corner. Nasty. Fuck the corner. She needs the trunk. <laughs> <sighs> Fuck you. Just keep flying tonight. <laughs> oh, God. That is a terrible, awful plot, Bunny. I think Polyjuice is actually one of the most, you know, outside of love potions, Polyjuice is probably one of the worst potions in the Harry Potter verse. Um, because, ugh. You know, having seen. I totally believe that the um, Weasley's Wizarding Weezies definitely had a, an adult section. Oh, yeah. With an age line, because they, they figured out how to make one. I mean, Ellie, you need to get in the trunk with with Margaret, please. Ah, <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake! Go get in the trunk. <laughs> and don't talk to Margaret because she's in the corner in the trunk. I don't need to be reminded of things like that. But, I mean, so, say for instance, you wanted to, like, pick an event in Harry Potter that you would want to fix, and where would you time travel, when would you land time travel-wise to accomplish it? Mm. The the problem I find with with Harry Potter, going back... um, I keep. I mean, I like to save Sirius from himself if I can. At least the thought of that. Um, that's that's something. Um, as as I've mentioned relatively recently, my unicorn is is Draco, so I'd prefer that he not go through and get marked. You know, so. Um, Having him go back before sixth year, so that way he doesn't get marked. Um, that would be ideal. You could you could send him back and get, and, and give him a, a a red letter day. I could. I mean, you certainly. Someone did. asked me once what that meant, what a red letter day meant, and when Draco says it to his father, it's a red letter day in the house of Malfoy. Um, a red letter day on traditional calendars, a, um, the dates are normally written in black, but when a date is written in red, it's a holiday, Mm -hmm. usually an official holiday or a banking holiday, um, Christmas, um, Memorial day, 4th of July. 
a special occasion. Yeah, yes. it goes back to apparently the Roman Republic because important days are indicated in red in the calendar dating from the Roman Republic. So, but yeah, so someone had asked me that once. and uh -huh. um, But a red letter day in the House of Malfoy is, is pretty much always necessary. Mm -hmm. Agreed. So apparently the first use of it was, I have no ability whatsoever to say that word. Enidos? Um, the Book of Enidos, printed in 1490. We write in our calendars the high festes with red letters of color. However, the, the phrase goes back to the 1300s when important and religious days were marked in red ink on calendars made in monasteries and convents. So... That's from Jilly from the web because she's a Google queen. Her, her Google flu is on point. Mine was slightly <clears throat> different, but hey, whatever works. This is true. Um, dark. I think it's important to make your own red letter days. <laughs> well, it's nice to know when the holidays are so you can at least arrange your, your red letter days around plausible deniability. <laughs> But I would also say that probably in the magical world, the magical world would have different red letter days. True. Um, they would probably um, uh, mark the um, the equinox. Um, they would. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I guess it would just depend on what mm -hmm. kind of history you wanted to give the magical world. If you wanted to give them a more calendar based on um, paganism, or you know, Founder's Day, of course, yeah. Um, Probably Victory Day after the Battle of Hogwarts. Right. Um, the third Halloween would have already been, yes. yeah, Beltane would have already been a been a holiday. So so you want to save Draco Malfoy? Of course I want to save Draco. From himself and his father and Voldemort. Of course. And so, also, so when do you send him back? You mean when, when does he um, get the heads up that he's getting drop kicked back into history? Wednesday land. Wednesday land. Um, I'm not, I'm also not particularly fond of him having to work with Umbridge. So I'd probably start it before fifth year. Right before fifth year. Cause I hate that woman. And a lot of the shit that he pulled because of his involvement uh, he's in marked that. in between fifth and sixth year. Right. But there's also a lot of lead up and a lot of, I don't want to say bad press, but it, it's, it is a lot in a lot of ways, a bad press because of how much he went along with Umbridge and, um, served her whims with that damn inquisitor squad. Yeah. Probably most certainly under instructions from his father. Yes. Okay. So, um, you know, have it, have it be the red letter day where, you know, they're, Yeah, you know, when he walks through, yeah, how about this? When he walks through the, the door into um, Malfoy Manor, 
right after right after the end of fourth year. So the summer between fourth and fifth. I honestly don't know, Ed. Lucius ends up in Azkaban after the events of the department on the Department of Mysteries. So that's fifth so, year. That's the end of fifth year. That's the end of fifth year. So he's home and being a shithead between fourth and fifth year. And this is just immediately after Voldemort's um, resurrection. Uh-huh. So, so he might actually even be in the manor at some points that summer. Well, it depends. You know, if... Um, if I have the red letter day early enough, Voldemort won't have access. This is the fifth year. It's not. Um, this is after fourth year before fifth year mm -hmm. and Drago was marked in canon after fifth year before sixth year so right. riddle might be visiting every once in a while mm -hmm. but he's not living there if you if you send him back before fourth year and he kills lucius at the at the world cup that the thing, the, the only reason you'd want to send the character back before fourth year is to try to control the events of Goblet of Fire, which is about Harry Potter, and this isn't about Harry Potter, it's about Draco. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I get why you you might want to use uh, the World Cup, because there's a butt-ton of chaos in there, and, you know, having a... But it also depends on the circumstances coming back. Sure. Um, why is he coming back? How is he coming back? Is he coming back alone? Is Harry with him? Because that's your pairing. I mean, I mean, I'm assuming that's your mm -hmm. pairing. Because um, <clears throat> that's your normal. That, um, that's your OTP for Harry Potter, yeah, right? It is. So, um, <clears throat> um, is it an accident? Did, um, did he do it on purpose? I don't, that's the thing. I'm, I'm thinking about this and trying to figure out how I want to, um, what I want to be, you know, the, the, the spark. Why, why are they going back? Is it, um, you know, they, they lived out to the, to the end of their days in misery, you know, with Harry married to, to the redheaded menace and Draco doing whatever the hell he, he did with Astoria and then they die apparently fucking miserable from from the the prologue or the, the epilogue that we both ignore and you know um, they all looked miserable in that oh, epilogue God, they that so i watched on youtube they all looked absolutely drained of life yes you know and like well that actually could be horrifically horribly useful Um, no, and I, I don't think I'd send him back by himself. Oh, I have an, I have an idea. Shoot. Okay. What if Harry Potter and Draco Malfoy were soulmates? Okay. That's useful. I like that one. Okay. That before. And what if Draco dies mm -hmm. and, Harrow, and, and Harry dies with him because they're soulmates? And okay. that's how they find out they're soulmates. And um, uh, you can do the love potion route if you want to. Although, you know, honestly, um, it's 
it's intellectually difficult to to write that whole plot line with a a love potion that is continuously given and successful because you're um you're writing a victim of a rape survivor and mm-hmm. it's um and that victimology is psychologically taxing so what you could do is have had the dark mark that was forced on Draco to violate their soulmate bond. But between the Horcrux that Carrie was carrying and the dark mark that Draco was carrying. Um, oh, how about um, Harry is what? He's over 17 when that, when the Horcrux is removed, right? Yes. And Draco's already marked. So what if, if he, if he'd gotten the Horcrux removed before, um, he went through his first maturation, then his magic could have been cleansed. And if they got, um, and if Draco had never gotten the mark, they'd have well, been see, that's not a fix it. Why not? Why isn't it a fix it? Because, I mean, the whole point of you going back in time is to fix it, to keep it from happening, right? Well, yeah, but no, I mean, th- that's the st- that's the start. That's the, that's the issue, okay? When, because of the Horcrux, because of the, the mark, they never, they broke their ability to have a soul bond. Right, so they go back in time to fix this. Right, so. Draco doesn't get the mark, and they and- get the Horcrux out of Harry. Before they're before they're both seventeen, it has to. Both of those events have to happen before they're seventeen, because if it happens afterwards, it's broken their ability. I don't know. That's that, that's an ugly piece of world building. <laughs> it's an ugly thing. Well, the, just just the idea that if soulmates meet when they're twenty five, they can't bond. Well, no, I'm not saying that they. Okay, let me kick myself back here having the horcrux in harry's head when he went through his magical maturation at 17 broke the ability to do the soul bond even though he got rid of it not long thereafter okay you don't necessarily have to do that because if draco was marked and he would have been in the in the original canon then the mark itself could also interfere with their ability to Mm -hmm. so you don't have to complicate their situation more by Mm -hmm. putting a time limit on it Okay. As long as Draco doesn't take the mark and they get the Horcrux out. So the, having the, the Horcrux there inhibits the soul bond? I mean, I would say so. I would I would think that'd be a very interesting take, you know, take on it. Um in canon, Dumbledore specifically says that Voldemort must kill Harry. Mm-hmm. That's the, then that is the only way to get rid of the Horcrux. He doesn't tell Snape that part, but that is implicit. You can ignore that. But in canon, it is pretty clear that the only person that can kill the Horcrux in Harry Potter is Voldemort. Which, you know, I, honestly, I, I think is bullshit. Um <laughs> I mean, when you, when you look at the content of Dumbledore's, um, everything he says, it's like, mm-hmm. if Dumbledore told me this guy was blue, I'd go outside and check. 
Uh-huh. And then I would go ask somebody if I've been memory charmed. I'm just saying. I'm like, something wrong with my vision. Can you go check and make sure the sky is blue? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. Oh, as. I can just see a four-year-old Draco lisping out. Being a total asshole. Uh-huh. Excuse me real quick. I have to put myself on mute for something. Okay. So, my, one of my cats got on something he shouldn't have. <laughs> and they're both unreasonably freaked out at the sound of the compressed air can being fired. <laughs> it doesn't hurt them. It wasn't anywhere near their little butts. But the sound of it completely and utterly wigs them out. So, it's a great way to um <laughs> to get them out of things they shouldn't be in it's awesome when you can like because well, you know a, a four-year-old can say shit the adults <laughs> can't like True. you know and you can have draco running around saying well, you know what i just don't actually like you uh-huh i just like you quite a lot Why if you are a black? Oh, isn't he charming? Yes. <laughs> and and have that, that nice lisp. lisp. I don't think he, he needs a lisp. Why would he need a lisp? Because he has a missing front tooth. Yeah. None of my nieces lisp when they had missing teeth. Um, or I nephews. Did, did you really? The, yeah, the front tooth. Yeah, when, you, when you're missing both of them, you, you, it makes life interesting when you had to say things. Dark said she lisped without missing teeth. Yes. But, you know, I also think he would do it just to play it up because, you know, he'd be looking up at him with that, you know, that, that cute little grin that most kids get and say, why is your aura black? Why are you, why is everything black? And it's like, huh? You know, it would be really, you know, you know, have, you know they have those, those memes where people talk about, the, you know, the fucked up things their kids have said to them. <laughs> like they wake up on this and their kid's standing beside the bed. Yes. You can have Draco do that to Lucius and go, you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and it'd be like, can I have your office when you die? But I actually wouldn't want to write a time traveler dropping into a body that young. It would frustrate the hell out of me. But it would be funny to read. I so I I look forward to reading it. Yes. <clears throat> but if you have their soul bond broken in the future because of the dark mark or mm -hmm. and because of the horcrux and 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 then the dark mark, well, just their ability to bond at all. Um, when you when you bring them back in time, depending on when you land them, the only thing they have that stands in their way is the Horcrux. And Lucius. Well, yeah. And Dumbledore. The small things. But yeah, just a, just a few little things. Hmm. If you hover over the tab, it'll tell you the whole thing. I changed the slogan on my website. So if you go to my website and you hover over the tab, it should give you a pop-up little gray box. 
that gives you the whole saying. Am I missing something? <laughs> no. You just got to go over and check. <laughs> uh, I am. I'm trying to figure out what the hell I'm supposed to be looking at here. Go up at the very top and where my name is with a little red um, lounging chick. Um, and it has my slogan. It says, Kira Marcos dash like Disney World with porn and lollipops. Ah, yeah, uh, that's you. Because I was on Facebook and someone said that I'm a, because I was bitching about somebody trying to make me post to, to AO3 or fanfiction.net. I forget which mm -hmm. one. It was really irritating. And she said, I like your website. It's like Disney World with porn and lollipops. And I'm like, well, I'm putting that on my, on my website because that's great. <laughs> it's a little Easter egg. Hmm. Apparently, I'm missing it. Oh, well, I'll figure it out eventually. If you're on my site, go up to the very top where the little tab is. Are you, are, are you, you want a tabbed browser? Yeah. Okay, go up to the very top of your oh, browser. Oh, there it goes. Found it. Never mind. Duh. Crazy person. <laughs> yeah, well, this is not news. <sighs> so where do you land them based on the on the information you have? Um, It's, it's still going to be between fourth and fifth year. Okay. So... Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to pick pre if 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 the resurrection has to happen, I wouldn't want to do the resurrection. Yeah, it, it's it's already there. It's it's now in the you know the resurrection has happened. <sighs> so is it both of them or just one of them? Oh no, it's it's both. Before or after the Dementor? Oh yeah, because that's. That's about when, when I'm asking the important questions. <laughs> when when the yeah I know you are when the dementor happens in the park right? Yeah, it shows how much attention I pay to canon. Um, really fucked up would be right right as yeah she means Draco and Harry coming back in time together. Huh. <laughs> Reaper that. Thank you. Um, Harry kicks off and he's 15. Is he 15 in that one? Well, he turns, he has his birthday and then I think somebody tell me how wrong I am. I'm pretty sure that the Dementor thing happened the first week of August of that year, which had been shortly after his birthday. But let's look it up. Okay. August 2nd. So, yeah. So, it's August 2nd was the birthday. attack. So, that's three days after his birthday. Two days after his birthday. So, using um, Reaper's comment, when Harry's kicking off to swing, so he swings up. And he's 15. And when he swings down, he's 25. So Draco Malfoy dies at 25. Mm -hmm. So this is you've this is pre-epilogue. Because the epilogue takes place 15 years after canon ends, right? 15 years later. Yeah. I guess I... Oh, well, then... 
It'd be 32 at that point. Okay, so he's 30. I mean, you don't have to pick that. I mean, you could pick a different date. If, if you want them to be in their 20s. Um, well, the only thing about it is... It would be less emotionally traumatic for Harry if you picked a date before any of his children are born. Hmm. And well, uh, let's see. His oldest is James Sirius, right? I think so. And the youngest is Lily Luna and Albus Albus Severus and Scorpius are the same age. So let's see. James Sirius was born July 16th, 2005. So Harry's 25 when um, James Sirius is born. Um, this is dark and tragic, but what if... Maybe... Maybe Harry doesn't know that they're soulmates, but Draco does. Works for me. And maybe Draco... Takes his own life the day Harry Potter marries Jenny Weasley. Ooh. And it kills Harry too. Maybe not his intention. He just can't live with the idea of. Okay. So Where what is. Um, the idea of, of, of his soulmate being with that. Heifer. <laughs> oh the dark and the tragic. Yeah I mean it is dark and tragic. Um. And, but he didn't realize it would take Harry Potter with him because they weren't bonded. Okay, so that would be about 2003 per this, per what I'm looking at. So somewhere around 2000, they got married somewhere around 2003, let's say. So about five years after the war. So that makes him 23. Okay. <laughs> that's that's not inaccurate I mean you're <laughs> not wrong Dark says my warnings are This is dark this is ugly and I'm just saying <laughs> Uh huh Well I think that if They meet in the afterlife Which I think is the best thing that you could do Because uh -huh. you want to give Um them some perspective um, and you don't want Harry um, landing in the past with no context whatsoever. Um, if you don't write, if you don't want to do love potions, you could do some kind of compulsion where the, the Dumbledore just put some kind of magic on Harry to make him hate his own soulmate. And Jenny was there to pick up the pieces, and that way you don't you don't have to write the whole potions thing and the non consent and deal with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, un unless you want to. 
Not really. It's kind of, it's, it's more than a trifle gross. Oh God, that's so fucked up. <laughs> well, the thing is, is you don't want to put Harry Potter down in the past just before the Dementor incident with no context. Well, no, that's that's actually not what the fucked up comment was about. Oh, no, I was talking about the person in the chat who mentioned that if you want to do the long hard road, you could have Harry go down by himself. Um, no. I mean, and, and not know what, what has happened and have Draco explain it. And I think it it's it's too dangerous and the, and the ripples would be too extreme. Oh, that would be tsunamis. Um, what I was commenting about was as I was, as I was looking at this and trying to think of timing, um, Draco goes home, mixes up his poison, or as he calls, or as I have it written on here, his cup of hemlock and salutes, drinks it, dies. And at the same time, Harry's sitting there waiting for his bride and when she comes out he's dead what if he drops dead during the ceremony oh that's even better but i mean you know i just don't think it's fair to make harry potter consummate that union well i never said he <laughs> consummated it well, you know i just does 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 he need to have that in his brain of her of, of her in a, in a nightgown i mean you know he, he no he never sees her okay no. Because, you know, they, they get to wherever they, they, um, they're going to have their, their honeymoon and he's standing there, you know, you know, in his, his short pants and he's just waiting and, you know, and Ginny's stay there. I'll be, you know, I've got to change. And, you know, when she comes back out, instead of having a, you know, a husband, she has a corpse. That's terrible. <laughs> But it also amuses me the idea of, of him dropping dead before he can even say I do. So she doesn't get any of his money and can't be considered his widow. <laughs> it's even better. Actually. <laughs> um, I mean, they're going back in time, so it doesn't matter anyway, right? But also, yes, but, it's, like, but, it's, like, it's like that whole moment in um, Interim when John asks if... Um, Jennifer Keller got his money in the other uh, in uh, on the other world because if so, he wants to go over there and kill him. I'm, I'm killer. You know, it's the principle of the thing. Yes. <laughs> but what I what I was thinking is have it written into the black contracts. You know, the, the black family contract. You know, for the Lord's hand that if the the marriage isn't consummated, it doesn't exist. There has to be sex. She can want all she wants, but she ain't getting anything. Well, she won't anyway because of the time travel. But well, I do like true. the idea of, of, of him just dropping dead b um, before he can even say I do. Mm -hmm. Gross, Hearst. Gross. Get in the corner. Yuck. No. That's, that's more than a step too far, honey. That's way. No, no. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> this is true. It would also depend on what the blacks wanted out of the contract. Like, if they don't want the marriage consummated, <laughs> they plan mm. to kill them on the wedding night. 
Okay, so let's see. So okay, so I I did I did change out that instead of you know he's he was getting ready to shag Jenny. I said it. I changed it out to say I do at the ceremony. So so, but the thing is, is if he's being killed by a soul bond, a uh, uh, an unconsummated soulmate bond, I think that they might even be able to detect that and um. Ooh. Since we're let's see. But because you're I, I think that you would have to be like he drops dead and I think that scene will probably be in Harry's point of view. And then the reader would know nothing else about what happened at the marriage because mm -hmm. then Harry is in the afterlife with Draco. You might switch the POV to Draco at that point or not, but what happened after that, you know, what after what, what happened after Harry dropped dead during the ceremony no, no longer matters. Okay. So I need a color. Um, I want him to, to, when he drops dead, you know, to be some type of a, a flash of light or something that shows the thwarted uh, soul bond. But again, Harry wouldn't see that light. Because if the scene is in his point of view, when he drops dead, that scene is gone. Well, he might see... He might see the edge of a color as he drops dead. Why is that important? in point well i mean yeah but, but why is it important um in that old black magic whenever harry and draco touch because their bond isn't consummated uh -huh. um, they glow gold yeah but this is a this isn't a um a soul bond that is in process of being um built this is what i'm saying is, is that soulmate mount magic could be gold So what I was thinking is, you know, just as just as Harry's getting ready to say I do, you know, he's he's eyes are open, you know, gazing at the person he's he's talking to, and there's a flash of something across his vision, and the next thing he knows, he's waking up maybe in the goddamn train station. I don't know. But and please don't put Dumbledore there. I mean, Hell no. he doesn't deserve to see that asshole again. No, I don't want Dumbledore <laughs> there. I want I want Draco there, and you know, have Harry go. I was just getting married. Flash of of this whatever color is, and I see you. Not what I was expecting. So is he surprised or not about the soulmate shit? I mean, is it like? You know what? This is like kind of like par from my course. I mean, you know. Damn Harry Potter factor. Of course fate fucked me over. Of course. <laughs> Dumbledore? Yeah, Dumbledore. Sorry, motherfucker. And then at some point, I mean, you're going to have to... Yeah, why the train station? Why? 
Because, you know, honestly, I think the tri-session is more of a Dumbledore thing. Um, Mm -hmm. If Draco was there first, uh, maybe it's not a train station. Maybe it's a garden. Or maybe it's the Quidditch pitch. I like the Quidditch pitch better. The Quidditch pitch is really awesome because then you can have Draco flying and Harry see him. So he picks up a broom. Mm Mm-hmm. Goes up there with him and joins him and says, What's up? <laughs> you, you could actually give them a really beautiful moment where they kind of like, I don't know, maybe even kind of have a little um, race to catch a snitch. And then, you know, they could spend some time talking about um, what happened. So that when they go back in time, they have um, they have a mission goal, mm-hmm. and they have. Um, I think I, I think Draco would be absolutely horrified that that he took Harry with him because he didn't think he would because he didn't actually have a bond. Um, but maybe he would also be kind of relieved and be guilty for feeling relieved. Yeah. And he'd also be, for the first time in his conscious for memory for a very long time, be free of the dark mark. Mm. You could decide whether or not they actually bond there or they have to do it in a physical form. I mean, it's soulmate mm-hmm. bond, not a body bond. So True. them bonding um, as soulmates in this place would give them... It, it could be really beautiful. Yeah. I'm wondering if we add in a dash of the family magic thing where what happens echoes through um, through the family. Uh, Lucius's um, taking of the dark mark could also be influencing. And with Lucius dead and with Draco dead and then out of reach of that that mark for the first time in his life he's free so. I wouldn't have anybody else there I think it I think really to have to create a foundation for them in the past it just has to be them it has to be Harry and Draco they well, have to they come gonna, to this thing together have the option to go to the past well I mean because Harry's the master of death True. And they could be like, okay, you know, do we stay here? Do, do we go? What's next? And or and Harry, maybe Harry tells him at that point, well, we can go anywhere you want. And he explains to Harry that, I mean, to, to, to Draco, that he's the master of death. And maybe Draco wants to go back to save his mom. Maybe his mom is dead, and that's why when he heard or he realized, you know, the day that Harry was going to marry Jenny, Mm -hmm. he realized he had absolutely nothing left. We never did find out what happened to Narcissa really afterwards. Right, yeah, so you can make assumptions about when she died in um, in canon. Mm Mm-hmm. And how she died and what she died of. Well, if I'm following, as if I'm following everything right up until the marriage, 
Narcissa made it through. Yeah. Narcissa and um, Lucius were in the Great Hall after mm -hmm. Voldemort is dead. But it doesn't mean they made it much further. I mean, they did. Is it? They didn't fight in the final battle. In the movie, Riddle lets him walk away, and I don't remember the context of it in the book, but... So, Dark has an idea about her dying of complications from the dark magic used on her during the Second mm -hmm. War. Um, or you could have Lucius go crazy and kill her. There's that. I mean, let's be honest, domestic violence and... and um, and just men in general are the leading cause of death of, of women on this planet. So, um, maybe she blames him for all of the strife they're having to live with because of his loyalty to Voldemort. And um, they have a fight and Lucius kills her. <laughs> I mean, whatever you think would motivate Draco the best. Um. Oh, I've got a combination of the two that from what Shadow did and what Dirk did. Okay. She's got complications and she goes to St. Mungo's and a light, put finger quotes around that, healer declines to uh, see her because, you know, I don't treat people with, you know, like you. And she dies. Well, that implies that there's only one healer at St. Mungo's. Well, no, this is true, but you know, it's. But you could have it where she's had so many. Um, her magic is so disrupted because of what she dealt with um, that she's not magically able to defend herself, and someone from the so-called light attacks her on the um, on Dagon Alley. Um, mm -hmm. and kills her maybe with a spell that isn't really designed to kill but because her magic is fragile it kills her anyway maybe someone like John Dolish oh, or the creepy likes... brother that survived mm -hmm. I mean you know just is it Dennis Colin lives Colin dies and Dennis lives um, mm -hmm. and So he's 14, 15, maybe even 16 years old by the time he, by this time. Um, Dennis sees her on the alley is infuriated that she's walking free. Dollish does have a precedent for attacking um, women. He, he doesn't seem to, um, but I think that it would be really interesting if, if you have it be one of the creepies. Um, of course, then, you know, Draco is like, you know, I really want to kill that little bastard, but he's still a kid and the war drove him crazy. I guess it really isn't his fault, but I still want to kill him. And then they could just prank him mercilessly. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm not going to kill him, but he's not going to have a good time at Hogwarts while I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Oh, a bat—the bat bogey hex. 
No, that's gross. And really undignified. She's a lady. <laughs> okay, knee reversal? I think just a stunning spell or just a budgeting or just, you know, just something that he might have learned from his brother that, um, from the DA that wasn't meant to be, you know, a killing thing. Um, Margaret maybe, says a stinging hex. A stinging hex. Just, just something, just some kind of infuriated punishment. But, but because her magic is fragile because of the dark magic that was done on her, it was too much and it kills her. Okay. They already have a, a spell for the flashy thing. It's called a memory charm. Mm hmm. Obliviate. It doesn't matter because they're going to go back in time. So even if Dennis did go to Azkaban, it would be a very brief stay for him. Pretty much. Unless you believe in that whole split timeline thing. And you know, even, you know, um, all the Dementors are gone, so Azkaban probably isn't all that bad. Just cold and damp. And dank. Maybe a little, and also, he killed the Death Eater, so he probably won't suffer that much. As far as they're concerned, no. Okay, so... At this point, we figured out... I think any spell has the potential to be dark. It's about the intent. True. Um, because you could kill somebody with a levitation spell. Charm. Mm -hmm. So. Short-term goal is... Well... For Harry... It's going to be... Um, Aside from surviving the Dementors, it's also going to be to... I think he needs to avoid the Dementors. Okay, so how's he going to avoid the Dementors? He's he's on the, the swing in the park. Is he going to head home? Because if he does that, then he's leaving uh, uh, Dudley behind. Well... Within reach of the... Well... I mean, you know, the good of the many... Okay, I get that. But he still has to deal with Petunia. I, I think the Dementors would follow him instead of Dudley. Okay. Because um, he's the target, right? Dudley's just collateral damage at that point. Um, if he's maybe he's... Maybe he what? Well, the point is, is you want him off the... I would want to avoid the trial. And I would want him off the ministry's radar as much as possible, considering what's going to be going on. I mean, even if Umbridge still ends up in um, Hogwarts, I would still want um, Harry to be off their radar as much as possible. So what? He's He's got his wand with him. Hedwig is probably out of her cage. And there's nothing, I mean, there's very little at the house that he would probably want anyhow. So, what, he sticks his wand out, gets on the night bus, and heads to Diagon? Well, there's plenty of shit at the house he'd want. I mean, his cloak, his album, his mm -hmm. trunk, and, you know, his, his school supplies. I mean, he'd want all that stuff. He wouldn't want to leave it behind. Um, 
And also, you know, Harry's heroic enough not to want to leave the Dementors around to, to get somebody else. Even if it isn't Dudley, it could be somebody else. Um, okay, so what about when he arrives? It's not so much at the swings. It's right as he's leaving for the park. He turns around, grabs his shit. Shrinks it. No. No, because no, wait a second. Calls Dobby as Dobby shrink it. Well, if he can call Dobby, he can call Dobby at the swings. Point. But I'm just thinking if he's out of the area. That still leaves the Dementors open to kill somebody else. Yeah, but there's nobody around them for, for the the object of their, their hunt is not there. They'd have to go find him somewhere. They'd probably come to Privet Drive and kiss his aunt and uncle. The only reason I have an issue is killing with killing um, Dudley is he's technically a child. I mean, I get that. But if you leave the Dementors and Harry runs, the Dementors may follow Harry, but they may linger at Privet Drive trying to wait for him. Which means they will probably kiss Dudley, Petunia, and Vernon. And it, it, I mean, it's a ripple you have to account for. Mm -hmm. Do you notice what Ed put up? <sighs> Mrs. Fig. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying notice? she's a tea lady. I mean, you know. <sighs> but she does have an active flu. So he could run there and call for help. Or he could go back up to his room, call for Dobby, and ask Dobby to get Minerva McGonagall because he's got fucking Dementors at his house. <laughs> There's the thing. Because <laughs> if I'm going to be calling anybody for reinforcement, it's Minerva. <laughs> mm -hmm. She's powerful. She's got a Patronus. She's his head of house. He trusts her. Her fucks to give her completely broken. She's going to show up and kick some dementor ass. Mm-hmm. Due to um, the length of this podcast, it's been split into two parts. So please um, stay tuned for the next part.